Iceman, a podcast presented by Tuned Up Custom Rods. John, how are you doing? Good. Dan, how are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. It feels good to be back. It's the it's end, been a minute. end of July. And guess what, listeners? Dan got his boat. I got my boat. Woo-hoo! I got my boat. Finally. I actually got it uh, the, the second week of July. That's Actually, that's why we stopped recording. Dan disappeared for two weeks and we couldn't do anything. Oh, man. What a time, Cheryl, huh? Seriously, the last time we talked about that, did, had I ordered it when we had John Thielen on? <laughs> yeah, you did. I think you, I did. You ordered That was a long time ago. That was a real long time ago. You had actually ordered it then? I thought you were still talking specs or whatever. I don't remember. Oh, boy, I don't know. I ordered February 1. So however long. Well, I mean, we, have our, we have our podcast archivist over here. Oh yeah, the so does, it, does he know that from that episode? I don't from, know. from the show notes, <laughs> probably does just out of spite. <laughs> so we should probably introduce our our librarian guy. Yeah, we are joined in studio today by John Baker. Hello, John Baker. So it's obviously Tommy and my brother, youngest brother, youngest Baker brother. There's one in between me and Johnny Mickey, who's never been on the show. Uh, John. The legend of Mickey has lived on, though. Yes. Well, we've talked about Mickey quite a bit. Dropping his Glock down the ice hole. We've got an update on that. we got a breaking news on the Glock. Ooh. Yeah. John, welcome. Thank you. Thank Thanks you for, for having me. I'm going to call you Johnny. Is that all right? I'll allow it. <laughs> That's fine. I can still be John. Yeah, you'll still be John to me. So Johnny, um, Johnny uh, is, in some respects, the reason that this podcast exists. Uh, well, in his own respects, I should say. <laughs> He's going to claim is a respect. He's a that, legend in his own mind. Yeah. <laughs> what a, a mind! <laughs> a beautiful mind. For yeah, John. John is an idea man. He comes up with a lot of thoughts, uh, and he's he's been promoting this podcast. He's been pushing us to do this for a long time. So thank you, John. Thank yeah. you, Johnny. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad you guys are doing it, and I've listened to a lot of the episodes. I don't know the trivia question. I know you've ordered your boat. A long time ago, and you just recently got it, and I was on it, and I liked it. Was it worth the wait? <laughs> now that it's done being waited for, hard, hard to say. You're fine. <laughs> I mean, I, I hope it's been worth the wait. What, I'm not going to get rid of it after a month. No, I mean, you, could. you won't get rid of it. But I could. I could sell it for a huge profit. I know. Both. The anguish, I guess, and the content that you've generated through it, the podcast is probably worth it. Wait, so. you could have sold it for a profit? Yeah. Is it? Yes, absolutely. Why don't you order two? Oh, I should have. Yeah, the hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Flipped it. Oh, wait. <laughs> I flipped it. Yeah. No, I, it took so long to get there that it's a twenty twenty two model, and the twenty twenty two models are having no incentives, so no rebates, nothing, and they have a, they have a five thousand dollar premium on them over the twenty twenty one models. Wow. So, so you got it for twenty twenty one prices though. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Yeah, when I went to the dealer to pick it up, he said that the BRP was trying to get the dealers to push that extra price back onto the consumer. Like he, they were trying to pressure the, the, the dealers to charge an extra five grand to each person who's still waiting for their boat. After the deals already been made. Yeah. How, after how, six how months would, of waiting. How would that go? I, I don't would think go, that would that go, would go over poorly. Yeah. Hey, uh, your boat's delayed again until August. Uh, by the way, it's going to be an extra seven. How would that work in the uh, rod business? If you tried to sell a rod, sold it. And then you said, actually, we're going to need another hundred dollars for that rod. I think that rod would come back over our face. <laughs> yeah. I was not, uh, I was not interested in paying an extra five grand to wait another month, but thankfully uh, the cans, didn't uh, didn't do that. Lacan's been awesome to work with. I've talked about them before. Nick Lacan, Dan Silky, though, because they were great to work with. So yeah, do you it love tends. it? I, I do. It's I'm re- still getting used to it. It's really nice. Have you not been on it yet? Nope. It's really quiet. I, I didn't realize how invite. quiet like outboard motors were. Because I was well, in my head, well, they were well, supposed to be louder. Not yeah. all of them are quiet. No. That's a four-stroke, and Yamaha Suzuki's are are quiet. Yeah, that, it's. I mean, it's, Mercs are quiet too, but you could a, have a full conversation at full speed and not have to squint your ears. <laughs> it's definitely quieter than the Bayliner, which was weird because the Bayliner had basically like a Chrysler motor in it, like a four-cylinder Chrysler motor. Really? That that's so weird. You would think it'd be quiet. Yeah, it was. Your Bayliner was not set up for fishing. It was the worst boat in the world for fishing. Franken boat. It took some work to get it. I mean, it it worked. I mean, I shouldn't say it worked as a fishing boat, but it was not. It wasn't designed as a fishing boat. Broke a lot of rods doing it the wrong way. 
One of mine. Wait, you broke rods? That's weird. Hey, listeners, uh, Dan's got a track record of breaking a lot of rods. Sunroofs. It's been a long time since I've broken a rod, John. You haven't fished in six months. (gasps) Wow. Ooh, wow. We got a burn burn button. That was a good one. You bumped. (laughs) Where's a burn button? I don't know. (coughs) I'd push the red one. I don't know if that works. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right song. Well, Stranger that. Things yeah, thing. That, but, uh, that didn't sound quite right to me. I haven't broken a rod in a long time. Six months, folks. No, Six months. it's been years for me. It's been years. Last year? I didn't break the, a single rod last year. The incident? Dude, that was three years ago. It's close enough for my brain. That was three years ago. Was it three years ago? Yes. How's, Tony. How's, and that wasn't even my rod. That was my friend's rod. So he has a track record of breaking other people's rods because he definitely broke one of mine. That's true. Or he blames it and says, oh, this was your rod, John E. Sorry. <laughs> no, I definitely broke Johnny's rod. I borrowed it. And but then he it. did say he would replace it, did replace it, and then kept the rod that he replaced for himself. That's accurate. Classic. But then I also created some sort of pact with him since I don't fish very, not nearly as much as him or very much at all, that anytime I do fish, I'm just going to borrow equipment of his. That's actually probably a better idea. Well, it's like Tommy. He got a brand new rod, and I have to store it at my house now. Have to. Yeah. You did. You asked me to store it for you. Well, yeah. But I'm I'm assuming you use it sometimes, right? No. Really? I'm not. I don't want to risk breaking it. (laughs) (laughs) The truth comes out. No, I don't want to risk it. So I I do have one thing to tell all of you. So on Monday night, my wife informed me that there was something that smelled like it died in our garage. And I was thinking the worst, you know, I had a chipmunk or a squirrel in my boat or what my bigger fear was, I had a crappie from 4th of July that finally started to stink. So that was the only thing going through my mind. So first I opened up my live well. I'm like, nothing in there. It's dry. It smells good. I look in the corner and there's a chipmunk that had mowed down an entire bag of poison and popped open because it's, you know, a hundred degrees. So I was, oh, I'll just throw it to the shop dumpster. You transported it all the way to the shop to throw it away? Yeah, I put it in the back of my truck, which was a the worst idea I've ever had. In a black, yes. a, a jet black, one of those like hefty Ziploc, the big heavy ones. So it basically got worse as I was driving because it, it was heating up. And I was like, oh, throw it in the shop dumpster. They'll pick up Wednesday morning. Our pickup's not Wednesday morning. It's Monday. That thing is atrocious in our... Still our, there? Yeah. It's you, never going to go away. The, the smell is never going to go away. It's, okay. a, it's an indoor dumpster? No, no, it, no it's an outdoor oh, dumpster, but okay. it smells like a rotting yeah. carcass. Well, and from a little tiny squirrel. It is. It, it is that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's burning in my nostrils. Some, the, one of the shop gals asked what, what died in our dumpster. I'm like, well, it's actually a small chipmunk. Nothing died in the dumpster. <laughs> I just transported the body there. Yeah. Well, I missed my garbage <laughs> like a by psychopath. Like, like 10 minutes. Why don't you just throw it in the woods? Yeah, no doubt. Just take this that? shovel and rifle it across the street. It's out of your problem. <laughs> yeah. Throw it on your neighbor's roof. <laughs> Chipmunks and apple cores, which ironically you both throw into the woods. No, I was I was not. I was going to be a nice, respectful neighbor and not throw it to my neighbor's yard. So you just brought it to your neighborhood shop. If you saw how much poison that little guy ate, you would know that there was no way he was, there was nothing good that was going to come out of it. He gorged himself. He would have killed like 37 eagles. Yeah, it was like the entire <laughs> pouch of poison. He ate the whole thing and the bag. Oh, he died full. Yep. Oh, he was full. Very, very inflated and bloated. Good for him. Gross. Yeah. So now my boat smells like dead chipmunks. I was driving home from Mille Lacs yesterday, and I think there was a bug hatch because I get we ran through a lot of bugs coming do you, home. Do you trailer? Do you cover it while you trailer? Or I didn't. No. Um, and uh, this morning, my son comes running up to me. He's like, "You're not gonna like this." Like, oh, that's not a good way to start this conversation. <laughs> There's a bunch of bugs that have been growing inside your boat. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like they're hatching and they're all over the place. I was like, uh, show me. So he went out to the front and inside the the handles on the front, the front uh, latches or whatever, the front um, hatches, they were all like the bugs had gotten sucked in there and they were just dead in there. That's why you trailer it with a cover on it. So they were they respawning? No. Oh. There just was a bunch of dead bugs in there. <laughs> You're not going to like this. It's like, oh, I don't like where this is going. I would be terrified, too, if my son said something like that. <laughs> yeah. Actually, my son wouldn't tell me anything. He would just run. Yeah. Thankfully, it was just a bunch of dead mayflies. That's not so bad. Did you clean them out? Yeah. No? Yeah. 
Nah, why yeah, not? It's just, blow a brand, it just a brand new boat. They'll blow it next time. No big deal. No biggie. Boats are meant to have fish guts and bugs and everything in them. Squirrels. Chipmunks. No squirrels. That was terrifying. I thought it was dead in my boat. It's awful. Yeah. And I, the, the biggest thing, I thought it was a crappie that I forgot from 4th of July week. So I got a question. That would be grosser. Yeah, that, that would be, be, that would be 28 days cooking in a live well. Yeah, that's... We should ask people if they've ever had something dead in You just got to burn well. the boat. I almost had to throw away my Engel cooler a few times after leaving minnows in there for too long. They just turn into kind of solidified goo. It's the worst. Yep. And you take it out and you like... That net bag? I is, just walk oh. my way. I walk as far away as I can and I find a storm drain and I just dump it down there. I just dump it in your neighbor's trash. It's too close. I gotta get away. It stinks. Actually, I try to freeze it. If it's real bad, I'll freeze it and then pop it out. I uh, and throw I, the little baggie away. The last time it happened, I, I dumped it down the drain and then I filled it up with um, bleach, water, and bleach to kill all the smell or whatever. Uh, disclaimer, folks: Do not try this at home because I know where this is going. Yeah, so I filled it up with bleach and then uh, and then I washed it out and I filled it up with baking soda to kill the bleach or whatever to balance the bleach. But it, you could still smell the bleach. And my buddy borrowed it and he brought it up to a bait shop in Mille Lacs and he had no idea. And the guy opened it up. He's like, um, <laughs> I don't think we should put any bait in here. <laughs> he's like, what? What's wrong? Uh, it smells like you clean this with bleach. And the whole bait shop's looking at him like, what an idiot. Who would put bleach in a, in a bait bucket? <laughs> That's because it smelled like dead minnows a week earlier. Uh, he was, he was a, pissed at me. That's as bad as the little pucks that you forget about. I'm always terrified every... I've seen flies come out. I've never seen them. If they're sealed in the puck, they've ne I've never seen one come out of the puck. But I've I seen them fly out. Hear them in the puck. You open it up and they fly away. Well, no. If they're, if they're still moving, like mid-July, I throw the puck away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no good in keeping that. No. No, <laughs> it's disgusting. So what's the best feature about your new boat? Uh, jo Johnny was right. I mean, it's super quiet. Which is, yeah, praise for Johnny. Fist pump on a podcast doesn't translate. <laughs> I fist pumped in my being right. Yeah, um, I, yeah the motor's pretty, pretty slick. Um, the Bayliner's motor was, you know, it was just underpowered for that boat. So, Which seems weird because it isn't a Bayliner like your classic water ski yeah, slash that's what fish. I always like, thought about uh, like a ski boat. Tubing boat. Yeah. I mean, it should be. It only seemed underpowered because of our substantial girth. Yeah, that's probably Perhaps. true. But it, it, you know, the... And the fact that the prop was always broken. You know, it was always you, dinged. Yeah. Our if, family does have a way of finding the bottom. If, if you ever saw Dan's prop on his old boat, it did look like you took it mangled through like a metal thrasher. Like a World War II submarine. Yeah. Attacked, that's still, attacked that, it. That's still driving around today. No, because before I sold it, I went and bought a brand new boat, brand new a prop for it. And what sprayed the skag a little bit black? <laughs> no, the skag still looked like it still had a notch <laughs> taken out of it. That wasn't me, by the way. That was another brother who borrowed it and crashed it and then dropped it off and said, I'll fix it for you. Never did. Uh, let's see. That brother probably is not here. He's not at the stable. Thanks, Mick. Thanks, Mick. <laughs> Shout out to the guy that drops Glocks down the hole. <clears throat> yeah. We, we went on the Glock expedition. Yeah. So you took the new boat out to try to find the Glock in Malax, which is... Yep. Still the strangest thing I've ever heard anyone say, but so Johnny and Mickey went out and got scuba certified, bought like a thousand dollars worth of gear. More than a thousand. The a, only a thing piece. That, the more, only thing that they didn't the only thing they didn't want to purchase was a metal detector. Because that makes sense. I <laughs> wasn't gonna buy a metal detector because I didn't lose the gun, but we spent considerably more than a thousand dollars. And we get out there, we got it was me and Mickey and Johnny and my son Devin and two of two of uh Mickey's kids. And uh you guys dove for what about forty five minutes and called it quits. Yeah, the visibility at the bottom was. I mean, I wouldn't even call it visibility. I it mean, was the water zero. was clear. The water was clear until you got to the bottom, and then there was six to eight inches of absolute muck. And as soon as you got to the bottom, the bottom got disturbed, and then in the area that you're trying to look or be in, you can't see anything. Also, sticking your hand into six or eight inches of muck was horrific. I, at one time, stuck my hand down to get to the, like, actual base layer, like the sand or dirt, and took my hand out, and it was on my hand and wrist and didn't, like, come off. And I was like, what is this? No, no, wait, come off wait a minute. This is some good intel. Like, I don't think anyone's ever scuba dived in Mille Lacs. 
Where we were, where we were was about 300 yards offshore from Twin Pines. Okay. And we were right at, if you go just north of Twin Pines, there's a, a rock finger that sticks out in about 18 feet of water. And we were just south of that. And had we been ice fishing on that rock finger? Yeah. It was a little finger. You probably found it right away. That's well, probably, yeah, because that visibility they... is not, there's no like muckiness. We actually moved our scoop of just a fun dive over in that area so we could actually see and on the bottom, you can see perfectly fine. You, there's just visibility because there's no. Did muck. you find anything cool down there? Like big rocks, kind of scattered, and then all of the rocks had like, uh, what are they called? Like not clams, zebra mussels. Zebra mussels, I guess, growing out of them. It looked like every Bar- inch, you said barnacles. Barnacles. Every inch of each of the rock and the bottom of the sh- bottom in that area was had growth on it. Did you find any man-made stuff that people dropped down the holes? Or they weren't there. They weren't down long enough. We, were, we were struggling with some of our buoyancy for those scuba people in the world. We didn't have our wetsuits on, and we are still getting used to our equipment and weight, figuring out our buoyancy. So we were kind of like sinking really fast and then coming up too quick because we couldn't get our neutral buoyancy dialed in. I mean, we could. We just didn't spend the time to like do it. So it was hard to look and stay at the bottom without getting our buoyancy correct and then... It was like how trying, d- trying how to deep find... A, how deep of water was it? Like 13, 14 it feet? Was it was about like 18, 18 feet. feet. Can you get the bends from 18 feet? Like a rapid so. ascent? I don't think so. I don't think so. But you can get water in your nose, and I did. <laughs> that's, a, that's probably true. It was funny because when we lost the gun, Mickey and I both marked out on our phone, like marked the GPS. And then um, we get out there, and Mickey is like, I got it, I got it to the exact the GPS, I got the exact mark. We're going to go right to this one. And I said, well, mine is different. They're not the same. We, I took the boat to where his mark was, and mine was like a quarter of a mile away. There was a lot of doubt before anybody got in the water because finding a little tiny black gun in Lake Mille Lacs when you're not in the exact spot that you think it's going to be and there's doubt on which spot to dive, it's like, okay, well, what are we doing here? Yeah, uh, Mickey was very confident in his, but he had never marked GPS on his phone before, and... I've used the Navionics app a million times to mark spots. So yeah, because that's what I mean. That's what everybody uses, especially ice fishing and stuff like that, because it's quick, right? Yeah. And I had faith in it. But Mickey's like, "Let's go to my spot first. And as we were going to his spot, his spot kept moving. <laughs> <laughs> it was not. It wasn't always in the same place. Oh, so I was yeah. like, "I don't think you're in the right spot. Let's go over to where I was." And I'm, you should be within, you know, three to five feet. Right? I'm pretty confident that my spot was where it was. It didn't move. My spot didn't move. No. But that was pretty slick to be able to pull up, drop away point, hit the spot lock on the Trova and have it sit on that exact waypoint with the link. Did you use the spot the, the with the anchor or spot lock button? Yeah. On, it's it's amazing. And it's on and it's on the it's linked onto the under the dash unit so I can yeah. control it on the dash. On the hummingbird, yeah. But oh. the one thing that I didn't have hooked up right was um, the the GPS puck wasn't synced. Yeah. So I had so I couldn't jog. Oh. Then I finally figured out how to do that. Anyways, it's, no gun. We'll the answer is no gun. Knowing Mickey, he's going to get a metal detector, and we'll be back. I can't believe you didn't get one before. Which is weird because you spent all that money. It would have been just cheaper to buy a new gun. <laughs> He did. He bought a new gun he, immediately. He bought a new gun. Not the exact same gun, but he did buy a new gun. But it almost be a, quite of a story to say, hey, I dropped it down an ice hole for six months. Now I recovered it. It's been two, two years. years. Two Has win- it been two years? Two winters ago. 18 months ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I thought yeah. it was, I guess, yeah. It was like five seconds before COVID started. It was February of 2020. Yeah. I think we actually started COVID. No, I'm pretty sure we did. When I'm we pretty came. sure I brought some COVID up on my arm after digging in the muck down there. <laughs> you think they put it down in the bottom? <laughs> well, of I brought flags? something up. That's a 15th century muck. He found COVID 21. <laughs> he found a new one. He found the new strain. COVID 21 down there. Mask up, people. We found it. So I know I, got- I didn't wash my hands before we ate dinner, and every time I took a bite of my sandwich, it was pretty smelly. <laughs> Let's just be on the lake. Why don't you wear gloves? <laughs> yeah, why didn't you wear gloves? I don't know. Don't, have don't all the gloves. Don't they make these things called diving gloves? We have them, but yeah. but the water was so warm we didn't wear we didn't we need to wear our wetsuits or gloves or hoods because the water was so warm. So we just dove in our. You should have guards. seen the bow of my of my boat. It had so much gear on it. No, I, I do have a question. So you're dropping th- down thirty feet. Did you ever feel like a thermocline where the water? So how how deep were you? Just well, the, the, eighteen feet. The water 18. was eighteen feet deep, and I would say in the first like 
surface to 10 feet, the water temperature didn't seem to change that much. And then like 10 or 12 feet and down, it got really cold really fast. So when we were down on the bottom, it was cold, but it was like tolerable because we're fat. So it was okay. But <laughs> you had a pre-built wetsuit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We like to call it a blubber suit. <laughs> well, at least you're honest with yourself. <laughs> I call mine thermal underwear, but yeah, that's awesome though. I never thought about, but you could really find some structure then. You like rearrange I sent a message to, a, to one of the guys up there asked if he knew of any places where there was any sunken cars or boats that they could go explore. And he, he said, he said, yeah, I know a lot of them, but I'm not telling you cause they're full of fish. Oh, I'm said, sure, that's fair. Sure. All of them <laughs> are full of fish. That's fair. Cause Malax doesn't, I mean, it has structure, right? But on a big flat, like you have a car, that'd be such a fish magnet. I was impressed yesterday when we were up there with the new uh, mega side imaging, how much features there are on the flats. They're not, you know, when you think about them, you just think they're kind of just a plateau that comes up, but it is a lot of waviness to them and yeah. a lot of. Well, that's what everyone talks about the spot on the spot. And mm -hmm. I was thinking with Johnny, you know, diving down, you could like, oh, hey, this rock pile. Did you see any fish? Nope. We weren't on an actual mud flat, though. No, but I mean, still, like, I mean, we were diving in the place that the resort that we went on to went out of put us on. So, Theoretically, you would think there would be fish there since the resort, that's where they put us to ice fish. Yeah, but, but we didn't catch any fish that weekend either. Well, I never catch any fish, so. <laughs> we oh. had to go through, we had to go to that resort. We weren't planning on going there. Although I don't, I, Twin Pines is a nice place to go. I like Twin Pines. They were very nice. We had planned to go to Red Lake that weekend. And that was the year. You, you remember two years ago, the slush, the huge problems with the slush. Red Lake closed. Do you remember that? Yes. All the resorts shut down in, in early February That's for the whole year. Little did they know they would be shut down again. <clears throat> we had people, we had a big, like 18 people, half of them were flying in from Vegas to come ice fishing. And they got here and like two days before the trip, my guide up at Red said, yeah, sorry. And then he didn't at, want to give the money back. He said, yeah, we'll just, we'll just take your money and we'll just apply it to next year. I'm like, hmm, I'll just take it back. Yeah, so we couldn't get on any resort at Red, you know, and I, I was teaching and I was on a field trip that day and I, w I was like, well, kids, I hope that none of you disappear, but I'm going to be on the phone for a little bit. And I called all over the place and we wanted a sleeper place and we wanted somewhere we could feasibly catch walleye. And I called Twin Pines and they're like, oh yeah, we got plenty of room. Come on up. And it was way cheaper, way closer. The houses were just as nice. And I don't need to drive four hours to not catch fish if I can drive 90 minutes and not catch fish. So Yeah, you succeeded in both in both locations to not catch fish. Yep, I'm kind of a master. How do you not catch fish in Malax? That Did you in not In the fish? winter, it's hard. You you remember the ice conditions that year? Yeah, I think. I, so we it was February. Oh, yep, that's so. It was February, and we were 300 yards offshore because that's the furthest they could get us out. I do remember that because I went fishing probably around that time with my brother and my kid and we went out on the lake and then the lake had shifted slightly mm -hmm. and we were driving back and I punched my four wheeler through in like, I don't know, three feet of slush. Yeah. That was the year. And I remember we, you we, would use your float suit. No, I, that, I didn't fall through that year. I just dumped my four wheeler kind of in. So I taught my kid who was, he would have been five, how to drive the four wheeler. And I froze like close to death because I was completely drenched but luckily it was in the cabin so it was only like 50 yards away but there was so much slush and it there was, was it, there was pockets and it was like three four feet deep yeah. I do remember that and year. it was really cold when we were there yeah it was awful but it but it just the ice was terrible that was as far out as they could get us we were so close to shore you could hear the people ordering at McDonald's <laughs> at the drive-thru oh number two that's that's hyperbole but still I like it probably no I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with Twin Pines I've been through there a few times they're a reasonable price. I think I'm staying Decent there at the end of August. I have a tournament. They were really nice to us. Up we, there. I mean, we asked before we went because there was a UFC fight that we wanted to watch, like a pay-per-view event, and they bought it at the Twin Pines restaurant to so we could watch it, and then we ended up not going in to watch it. <laughs> oh. And then they posted it on their Facebook page. Oh, and they're, like, they're like, our guests enjoying the UFC here this weekend, and there's like four guys in there like, pumped up about it and we were like oh they did that for us and then we didn't even go in oh yeah that's where you give them like a, a tip on that one yeah right. well we ate like six meals in there with 10 guys 
Yeah, it, yeah, I like Twin Pines. I, I think I'm pretty sure that's where I'm staying. Green, Green Awning, just south of Garrison. I don't remember. Yeah. So when you go to Mille Lacs, John, do you go to public lunches? I haven't been in Mille Lacs for like five years. Really? On open water. Why? Um, I have this weird thing that like, so my problem is I drive up to Mille Lacs and then if I'm too garrison, I'm like, yeah, I might as well just head to my parents' place. You go there all the time. Yeah, I know. But I have 500 lakes within 40, 40 minutes. Yeah. And it's really nice to go to a launch where there's no one. And no one's launched a boat for like a month. That's because you can't get on that lake. Yeah, there's a couple it's too lakes. shallow. I, I went on a, a, a different lake, or I drove by a lake that the shallow water really affected. It was called like Luigi Lake. And it was literally the launch was dry. It was just sand. And the other side, the deep side, was sand too. It was really? like there's no way you could launch a boat. Is the other side Mario Lake? <laughs> not that Luigi. Hey, I, get it. I get it. I get the joke. <laughs> it's so, not spelled at all like that. It's the like reason L- I asked though. O U G E E. I asked because like I always I always launched at the casino ramp. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, the one right. The pub, ju- it's a public just, launch. just north of the casino. And I've launched at Garrison a few times, and Garrison's okay. It's it's rocky. It's all right. But lately, I've been going out of Terry's. Terry's the, Boat the, Harbor, the one just north. It's it's in the same it's in St. Albans Bay, just south of Twin Pines. Oh, yep. Okay. Is that where we launched for Scuba? Yeah. It's great. You it, you pay like $15 to launch there, but you know, you're no one's going to go over there and steal your catalytic converter when you're out on the water. They live there. That's where they live, so they can, Ouch, what are you saying about the casino residents? Well, it's it's 15 that's, feet from 169. Like you're <laughs> Yeah, I'm you're, not saying about casino residents. I'm just saying as far as safety, I mean well, no, your stuff you, is being watched. You're out, the public launch on that. It's such a busy road. Everything gets stolen. And I mean, if you leave anything out. Their launch is, is deep. It's, it's deep and it's not rocky. And they have boat slips if you want to park. It's awesome. I highly recommend Terry's. And they have bait. See, I was going north, further north. So I go the, not the Garrison launch. Garrison's okay. If we go one further north, that's where I would launch out of. I've launched out of... Um, there's a there's a another restaurant just north of Garrison that has a little harbor. What's that one called? I can't remember. But yeah, but there's a lot of launches. There's a lot of places to choose. But anyone going on the west side, Terry's Boat Harbor, or you could like you'd launch out of Hunters. You, yeah, sure you could. That's a lot closer, isn't it for you? Um, I, I don't, don't like this. I don't. I'm not a big fan of the east side of the lake. South the south, south the southeast side. I'm not a big fan. I've launched out of Libex. I've launched out of Father Hennepin State Park, but I, if I'm going to go up there, I'd rather go to the west side because you can get to the flats so much easier. Yeah. I don't know. With your Suzuki, it's probably more efficient to drive your boat across the lake than it is to drive north <laughs> with your truck. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, we were having fun out there. We had we had a couple of, you know, foot and a half, two foot rollers, and it just we're going from, full, full speed. Yep. It wasn't comfortable. It but beats you up. Do you have an air ride seat? I do. Yeah. Captain's chair. Yeah. That, I don't know if it's a real air ride seat, it's, but it's, it's kind of like a hybrid. Yeah. Like the kind of the Harbor Freight air ride seat. It's better than the, uh, the, than the just the pedestal. That's for sure. <laughs> just beating the crap out of you. Yeah. My passenger was beating the crap out of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. It's kind of like pushing the stake up your butt. <laughs> up your, your butt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way to censor that one. Sorry. <laughs> nah. Yeah. That, that, I'm a big fan of the new boat. Yeah. It's been good. It's been I good. told you you're gonna love it. I mean, I. Yeah. What are you motioning? <laughs> well, I was trying to be coy and motion over to producer Tom, but you stopped talking. I'm here. You would say coy. I think we should do like let's do a quick coy, commercial break here, fish. and then uh, we're gonna come back and we got a big announcement on the contest from the mm. from the last episode. Yep. Someone's gonna. John's giving away money. John's give, well. John's giving away. I got a dollar, a, a deep, <laughs> a deep discount on, on a open, open water rod because uh, he went crazy with the deep dish pizza last week and just lost his mind. So <laughs> Stefan, yeah. Stefan, our driver Stephen. He yep. might still be out there by now. <laughs> He's probably been, he just circles, yeah. but someone comes back. Well, so. if you live on a half street, don't live on a half street because yeah, no one knows what a half street is. I, I still have to look your address up and it still doesn't get it right. <laughs> 
I've ordered stuff online before and I've like told them my address and they're like, no, that's not possible. Like, trust me, I'm here. (laughs) I used to live here. And when I've told people the address, they're like, what are you living in Harry Potter world? (laughs) (laughs) And I don't, I've never seen or read those, but I do know it's that. a reference from the book. I do know that yeah. there's a half street involved in the story. It's, it's, it's like quarters. a Sim- Simpsons block. One, two, three, fake street on Half Avenue. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. Hey, everyone. This is Dan from the Iceman talking about our sponsor, Tuned Up Custom Rods. We are still right in the middle of summer. If you're still looking for an open water rod, get your order in ASAP. We've got new stock rods coming online as well. Check it out at tunedupcustomrods.com. And it's never too early to think about ice. Let's check out freedombaits.com. Use code ACPF10 for 10% off on your next order. So as you guys introduced me as like the historian of the podcast, I do remember when you had the people from Freedom Bates on listening to that podcast. And I was on a, I took a walk and I was walking up and down the sidewalk near my house and I thought it was a pretty good episode. Those guys, I liked that episode and how they stand for freedom and protection and doing what's right by veterans and and, baits. and and you know their passion for bait is just and putting anise in a little ziploc bag that smells everywhere <laughs> i want to try their open water stuff it looks pretty legit yeah I, i've got it i, I mean, go through too many bass plastics already I maybe i more. already tried it maybe i took our did you get <laughs> you did not and if you're if you're a long time <laughs> listener and you never really looked at our any of our socials you got to realize if you're looking up freedom baits it's b-a-i-t-z correct everybody so yeah, as we well, tag I, them as Freedom Baits LLC. I know, but it's kind of like some some people may just listen. So if you're if you're ever like listening to this episode or the show and you're you're trying to find Freedom Baits, it's not just S. If you're shopping for it in the store and they list their bait alphabetically and you can't find it because you're in the Z section, <laughs> and tuned up <laughs> is tuned yup with a Y, tuned yup. <laughs> That's, that's not, just that's, down, true. that's just how they market it down south. Yeah. <laughs> Tune up. Tune up. For the folks at home, that is not true. It is <laughs> www.tunedupcustomrods.com. Just two W's. And the new shop is coming along. It is. It we looks just, better in there. We just started painting the front room today. Did we? Yeah. Oh, good. We can have a showroom. Sure. Sure. Let's do it. No, you were just saying that you got a bunch of open water rods in stock now? Yeah. We uh, are finally catching up with springtime orders now. Yeah, I feel yeah. like kind of like an Alumacraft dealer. <laughs> Speaking yeah, totally of uh, open water rods, I think we have a we got a winner. We have a deep discount to give away here. Yeah, we do. Everyone from our last episode, you may remember we had uh, we had a visitor. Actually, we never met the man. <laughs> Who went outside? You went outside. John John immediately bailed because the pizza delivery man could not could not find the house, so. and I was not letting my pizza. I could see it. I yeah. could smell it. Was not letting it go. You cut bait on the. Giveaway yep. your pizza. Did it really? What? What? Hard design. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a we got a pizza delivered, and the contest was if you can name this the pizza delivery man and like share everything, like share everything, then you'd be uh, you'd be re- um, qualified for for discount. What is the discount, John? Discount. Double check. I, I don't know what what was it. <laughs> it was fifty percent off. Right 50, order. Who said that? You just did. kidding. You were you were on a pizza tear. I, I wrote it right here. It says I owe you. Fifty percent. Fifty percent by hunger. Are you actually gonna, are you actually gonna lose money on this deal? Um You well, did buy the pizza. Yeah, by the t- okay, we factored that I bought the pizza for the discount and then yeah, I probably lost money. Okay. Well Well we're gonna who who are we giving fifty percent off? Congratulations to listener Jason Benson. Jason Benson. Jason Benson. Good job, buddy. Woo! You're gonna have to call in, or no? I'll send him a message. We'll we'll send you a message on Facebook, and uh, we'll get you in. I'll make the discount code for him. Send him a message with the code. You can use it for fifty percent off of a tuned up custom uh, open water rod, which is awesome. I mean, those rods are not cheap. You're getting half the price of them. That's a big deal. That's a pretty sweet deal. And now we've got a few in stock. So you can just buy one of those if yeah, you want. You can just get one shipped to your door in one or two days. And take a picture of yourself with it and send it in because, I mean, you got 50% off and we could use some social content. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, content. come on. You got 50% off. <laughs> You're already shaming the guy? He hasn't even got the prize yet. <laughs> free, free shame. 
wonder if Home Depot will give me 50% off a table saw tomorrow morning. Ooh, try. All you got to do is ask. All you got to do is say Home Depot what, 500 times on the podcast. At Home yeah, Depot. They're, they're listening. They're listening. Hometown heroes. We, I got to use one of our open water rods that we don't talk about yesterday on Malax. It worked so good. A new open water rod that we're not supposed to talk about or an open water we just don't talk about because we don't have the bandwidth to talk about our open water rods? Well, I don't think it's anything secret. The flipping stick? Oh, the flipping stick. Is that a secret? It's not a secret. Well, it's a secret that you should be using it for bottom bouncing. Yeah. Because it's the most amazing bottom bouncer rod I've ever had in my life. But it's not It's not like a published rod. No. So if not, you go on the website, you're not going to see the flipping stick. Not for bottom bouncing. No, it's, it's, it's not a published rod. I don't... It's you know not. What? No, it's not. Our a website rod. developer should get after that. Well, maybe you should approve some rods and I'll put them on there. <laughs> Do you want me to take the picture of my rod? Because you made I, a no, special random gonna, handle on that We're going to get an uh, HR issue if you take a picture yeah. of your rod and put it on our website. <laughs> rod, yeah. rod picks. I understand. I understand what you're saying. No, the the, the flipping stick. Guys, if you are if you are a, a dedicated bass fisherman and you're looking for something special, the flipping stick from Tuned Up is amazing. It's got a medium-heavy action and a fast, or medium-heavy backbone, fast action, but it has a softer tip. It's, a mu- it, it's, a we, it's a weird tip. It's a... Like I always tell people, it's the strangest rod I've ever fished with, but I love it yeah, for all it, kinds of applicants. Like Tokyo rigging, because you can, you know, you feel everything and then the fish sucks it in and mm-hmm. it's almost like a noodle tip where it loads up a little bit. And you but you just, feel it. Oh, yeah. You, you feel, feel everything. It. Yeah. I, I've used it exclusively uh, for any time I'm doing Texas rigging. You know, I'm on Tonka and I'm flipping a beaver bait with a half ounce tungsten or even heavier into the milfoil. The rod is phenomenal for that. And then you were saying, well, it's a great bottom bouncer rod. And I thought, that I never would have thought of that. Yeah, I tried that, it. And it works great because the tip is designed for very it's, heavy, uh, yeah. like one to two ounce weights. And we also have a, like an ultra heavy one, but the medium heavy seems to work best for majority of the people. It was amazing. We yeah. were out there yesterday at Mindalax and the, the bite was awful. There was no fish to be found, but we caught two perch. I caught two perch. And, and one you, of them was on that bottom bouncer rod. So I'm pulling... A two ounce bottom bouncer behind a spinner in thirty feet of water, and I felt the perch bite. Yeah, you can you can visually see them yeah. nip at it. It's, awesome. it's crazy. So to get one of those right now, you'd have to probably call in. Yeah, call or email. Yeah, we don't. And the people are like, "Oh, that's all you make is those whatever ten models we have online." I'm like, "No, no, not even close." We just we're still catching up from a shop move and trying to expand. And is know. the flipping rod a new option? No, it's actually, I think... It's I got been mine around, last year. It's been around for like five years. I've been just not telling anyone about it. So I, I was curious with rods, because I don't know anything about building rods, but what's your inspiration for coming up with these? How do you have the idea? Is it to fill a hole in the market? Is it to make something better? How are you coming up with these ideas? So when we were doing ice rods, kind of the first rounds of design and stuff like that was to fill big gaps in our... Um, selection of rods so like the power precision was first and that was like our dedicated great heavy walleye rod and then the precision and the noodle were next so that was filling pretty big voids but then they got more specific like the fusion got even more specific so that would be like a rod that didn't exist before in the market yeah i don't think the fusion really existed it's kind of like the perch sweetheart yeah but of all the thousands of rods you've ever seen or is a precision more like a perch sweetheart Precision's more like a Thorn Brothers perch sweetheart. That's what I find interesting. It's like, but I mean, like the Commander. Nobody had like that big, huge, powerful carbon fiber blank rod that was just you know a powerhouse. Um, The LTP was a rod that we've had around for. Actually, that rod design is like seven years older than Tuned Up. That came from my previous um, company that I owned. That that we did, you know, big tuned up. It wasn't tuned up. <laughs> Detuned de- down. <laughs> Out of tuned down. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, some of them do come from, like, a specific need. Like, the, the bullwhip was truly a need for a noodle rod that had a tremendous backbone for giant bluegills um, that fit. That, and that's what we're, that's our most popular rod by far. If you, re- I mean, if you were a panfish guy and you're like, hey, I want to buy one rod for the rest of my life. What is it? A thirty-two inch split grip bullet or a thirty-two inch straight grip bullet? Number one and two. As a novice fisherman, and as somebody who's listened to this podcast, and as somebody who's done a little bit of fishing, it's a lot of uh, qualifications you got for this question. So the (laughs) thirteen qualifications. So what I find interesting uh, is, 
you're coming up with ideas for rods that you said out of necessity or to make something better or to fill a hole in the market, but you go rod shopping at some sporting goods store and there's thousands and thousands of rods in my mind before I ever knew anything about tuned up, it would be, how could, how could it not already exist? How could something new still be like available to be made? How could something that, how are you coming up with a new idea when there's 10,000 rods in every shop that you ever go? Also as a amateur fisherman, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not much let's experience. have these guys tackle here's this. how i perceive it okay this here's is, how i perceive it and john, john correct me if i'm <laughs> correct me if i'm wrong okay so i think a lot of those big manufacturers have manufactured rods for all those specific applications but with a tuned up rod it's obviously it's going to be custom and it's going to be a lot better it's just it's just going to be a better rod and a, and it's going to work but better it sounds like the performance of what the rod was intended to do is a brand new thing on some of them you want me to talk about it? No, I, I so I'm trying to think of how to answer this because this is kind of like a weird. Let me let me see if I can shed a little bit of light because my abacus is going so hard yeah, right now that got, it's you're like, you're too deep in the decimal points right now. the The big marketers have a price point they have to hit, so when they make a rod, they make a price point rod. The tuned up rods and other custom makers are not hitting price points; they're hitting performance points, and it costs what it costs. And so when you buy a tuned up rod and you look at the price and you think, wow, that's expensive, you're right. It is because it was designed to do something very, very well. It was designed to do it as good as you can do it. Now, obviously, it is um, a, a kind of a bit of a stretch, but it's similar to the way it works for automakers, where there is a lot of different ways you can make a four-door sedan, right? You can make a four-door sedan very a lot of different ways. There's a lot of price point four-door sedans. And then there's performance point four-door sedans, and those are not the same. You know, it's very clear the difference between a Chevy Aveo and a BMW M5. And I think one of the things that Tuned Up has done really well is not only taking a design and putting it into the a high a high performance capa- capacity, but it's also been transformative in in terms of the the designs that we make. I think you're the first bullwhip-like rod on the market. Yeah. I mean, Which we, blows my mind that you can go shopping at a place and they have 10,000 rods in there. And then you can start a company and be like, oh, this is this is a rod that I think would actually be really nice. We should make this. And it's a brand new creation. And people have been fishing forever. And but every shop you, you but, buy. But it's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go But on. now if you look, there's a lot of other people who make bullwhip-type rods. As people, people want to, because it's a successful rod. Well, like Elon Musk, it. Elon Musk, right? He builds the electric car. I was thinking right? Tesla as well. Everybody was dabbling in electric. You know, Chevy had a little bit, but Elon Musk said, screw it. We're going to blow this up. We're going to build the best electric car on a performance chassis and make it crazy available to everyone. And now it's the fastest car in the world. Yeah. Too. Produ- production stock car just beat a demon. I just watched the video. It's, it's actually too fast it and perhaps too furious, but it definitely is too fast. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty wild. You weren't even in the plaid bottle. Uh, my it head, only goes nine. It's a nine second car, which is incredibly fast for a family sedan. My head hit the back window the first time my friend who has a Tesla took off and I couldn't breathe and my head hit the window and I was nauseous for the next three hours. It was so much fun. Jeez, you don't drive. <laughs> You're just driving fast cars. But it's like Elon Musk, right? He, he kind of takes a, an electric car to a whole different level. We took, and I'll go a little, I'm going to dabble a little bit deep in the weird technicalities of fishing rod building, but the designs that we make are on the cusp of what the factories can produce. So if you're pick rod company A and they're like, hey, we can build this rod and it'll cost you $69 cost. And they're like, well, our price point's $12. So you have to take all this stuff out, take all the the cool tapers. You got to take out the back half of the rod. You get to take out a nice quality handle, take out recoil guides. And they're like, here's what you got, $12.99. And have it be mass produced overseas. And it looks terrible. And there's no attention to detail. And it's just like, yeah. I mean, wrapping tips on noodles and bull whips is one of the hardest things that we do. No, none of the big manufacturers are going to want to do that. We do it because then the tips don't fall off and you can use a bigger guide on the tip and make it work better. This is a question that for me seriously goes back a long way. And my ignorance on it is 
admitted. So I co-owner of Tuned Up, Adam and I used to work together many years ago. And when he told me he's starting a rod company, he was like, yeah, we're getting these, we're getting these blanks and we're going to build these rods and they're going to be custom and we're going to sell them. And in my head, I was like, what could you possibly be doing to these that ha- doesn't already exist? Like, h- how are you going to make a successful rod that doesn't already exist? Like in my mind, I was like, okay, cool. But this is going to just be kind of like a fun thing that you do because you really like to fish, but not actually revolutionize or change anything. Cause in my mind, it's all been done, but that's obviously not true. No, it's not true. Uh, you know, th- there's so many, there are a lot of differences. I think that if you look at a tuned up ice rod versus a production ice rod, it's a quantum leap. As far as the open water rods, they're a little bit more similar to a real high end production. Well, the rod, open though. water market is saturated with a lot of different builders. And, you know, and, and, and really good ones. And a lot of them make really good sticks. Mm-hmm. But some of the stuff that we do that is subtle, you'll notice in five years versus one to two. Mm-hmm. You know, we use epoxies that don't have accelerants in them. So they don't That's, yellow. They don't yellow as fast. I guess every epoxy will eventually yellow if it sits outside. But some of our epoxies, we've cut them off for five-year-old rods, and they're still pliable. Mm-hmm. People are like, that's impossible. And they're kind of self-healing epoxies. Um, and so like our ice rods for this year will all have the newest wave of recoil guides. So we pushed the envelope. We told our manufacturer we want better guides. I don't know if there's a lot of other smaller companies, um, smaller like I'm, I'm smaller big, massive production companies that are going to say, hey, I want to run a 10,000 rods, but I want my own guides to be made for this rod. That was that was one of the questions I was going to ask is like <clears throat> how much of your design builds are inspired by new materials that are being offered to you from the manufacturer. Like the manufacturer says, Hey, we got this really cool new material. And then you're like, Oh, I know what I could do with that. Well, the recoil guide part, we've, we've kind of always known that recoil or nickel titanium has a kind of a weird memory state where it gets so, so cold. It starts to have memory, but we've worked really hard to push that and saying, we need a better material. We need a better material. And I worked with, one of the owners from recoil for years. And then one of the sales rep, he ended up passing away. That's how long this project's been on. And then finally we got to this point Um, and they were really excited. They gave us a set to try and I bravely drove up to Ontario for a week and played around a negative 40 and told them they were good to go and left your batteries up there. Yes. No, I just left my charger up there. Charger, battery charger. Yes. For a 40 volt. That, but if you go to the shop, there is, there are racks in the back that, I, I assume they're racked somewhere. They're probably packed away right now. They're still packed away. Full of designs that didn't work. 200, I think it was like 240 designs that didn't work. That's what we counted. That, and that, what's the, how long does it take to like concept or like prototype a design? So if you have 240 that nobody ever is going to see. So, and that's what people don't realize. That's ones that went past drawings. So there's still probably, I don't know how many that went to the drawing stage and we said, hey, this has a failure point. Because we kind of run them through CAD and just make sure stuff is kind of, you know, in physics, it's good. Because we built rods that are phenomenal. We built a rod that was like a commander with a noodle tip. It was like, oh, this is great. Issue is as soon as you set the hook, the rod would snap in half. Um, and that is an issue. Yes. We, <laughs> <laughs> I can attest. Yeah. That is not good. Um, but, I mean, it, it's the rods that are rejected that there's, you know, and some of it's just a feel. It's like this rod doesn't feel right. It doesn't have the right, and it, it, it's a couple thousands here, a couple thousands there. But we, from start to finish, uh, if I'm hand sanding a blank and trying to develop on a prototype, I can do it in a couple nights to prototype it. And then it takes a while to get an actual blank that's realistic. Because I built stuff that the manufacturer says uh, we can't produce. I mean, I could hand sand every one, but I'm never going to be consistent. Yeah. We worked on a project two years ago for a new, um, I don't know how, I mean, I don't know how much you want to talk about it, but we were trying to come up with a different way to have a, a strike indicator. Oh God. We went through everything. And I, Cause I, I have, I have problems with titanium. Define wire. that. So like we it's went a through spring bobber. a spring but, bobber. The, the problem with it is like spring bobbers are kind of, sometimes they're difficult for people to use because the tip is so flimsy on usually a stiff rod, the fusion works great for them. Mm-hmm. But the problem is a lot of the titaniums have, you know, a, a memory at a certain point, or we, we tried some copolymers, we tried... Or if it gets jammed in a rod case and gets kinked or whatever. Yeah, and then, and then, then it's, it's done, and, and 
we have to build a product that we're kind of proud of and that'll last. I always think of a life cycle of a product. I want something that lasts way longer than the customer expects. But we both kind of came up with the idea for really thick mono. Yeah. And that was a cool idea. It's a great idea. It's just, but we just couldn't get it to work. The problem is mono is extremely sensitive to heat. Mm -hmm. So as you wave it over your heater, it's junk. And I think Danny's got some problems getting rods too close to heaters from my listening of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's the that's the truth. I mean, it, people are like, oh, what are you guys developing? It's like we've been working on stuff for sometimes. Five, okay, so six to go years. back to, to something that Danny said a little bit ago, you, I think it was the precision that you said was like the one that people have copied or you've seen. Precision was the most copied rod. I mean, so the, that, so that's the my question. I, I mean, I should create sh- something that didn't exist before. The precision kind of existed. We modify, I mean, we we wanted this perfect medium light rod. How like, much of what you're doing, or what Tuned Up is doing, have you seen replicated, or or people have tried to take? Like are, uh, are, are I, stuff of yours getting like stolen and like repurposed and try? People are rod new rod companies are trying to do what you're doing. I think there's quite a few. I mean, a lot of people refer to like this is a bullwhip type rod. I mean, mm-hmm. that that's been termed from a lot of smaller builders. And and you know, the first round of that, I was like, oh, they're in. You know kind of pushing on our territory but then it was like kind of flattering like hey you're trying to you know there's whatever. always gonna be competition yeah and and competition is good it's it's kept us pretty sharp um it's kept some of our stuff that we've actually invested harder in better blanks over the last few years and and, and pushed kind of better design techniques um you know and and just redefined rods like our dead sticks on its fourth version we have an, a version two coming out this year uh, of a yeah of a rod we probably I mean we could probably mention it because it's going to come out sooner than later. The power precision, which was rod number one, is being retired, replaced, and I'm weirdly sad about it. But the new rod is exceptional. So you're sad to retire it because because it was his first design. Because it was my first design. That rod design is roughly. So tell us what tells what the new rod is doing that this rod the. V1 can't do that V2 is going to be able to do. The new power precision is magical because it's the power precision that the power precision should have been. We were Is that technical enough for you? <laughs> so to work in the marketing yeah. department. <laughs> so the blank the back half the blank is bumped out where we should have been able to go 20 years ago, but we couldn't because manufacturers couldn't get there 20 years ago. Now we have that ability. So, I got to fish with it last year. It's amazing. It re- uh, it replaced the precision in a lot of c- cases for me. Every person that I let fish that rod for the weekend never gave it back. I so I. That's bad business. It was. <laughs> yeah, I had uh, my dad actually fishes a lot in the wintertime. He, he fished with it for one afternoon, and he says, "Great, thanks for the new rod." I said, "Well, this is one of one. It's our prototype." He goes. Good luck with that. <laughs> and he never he never even remotely gave it back. He, he, I mean, the amount of walleyes that we caught on that rod collectively as a, a group, it was nothing but insane. It's great feel. And you can fish down all the way to like an eighth ounce spoon and then all the way up to rip and wraps mm-hmm. and everything effectively. Yeah. Um, I like it a little bit better, you know, on lighter walleye stuff um, than a commander because it is a little softer. So my very first experience with the tuned up rod, like I said, yours was a power precision. Adam and I worked together years ago and you know, we worked, I won't say super hard. We worked. (laughs) All right. And we got an hour for lunch and he got the rod tuned up had started and you guys were building rods and I wanted to get a rod to, you know, support. And he made this rod for me or you guys made this rod for me. And we went fishing over lunch we got Jimmy John's and then went to some lake by the office where we worked out of. And like my very first cast off of like this public dock, those like tea docks that you see around like city lakes. Yeah. Cast it out. Fish hit it immediately. I was like, I'm the greatest fisherman in the world. Or, this, or like this rod is like legitimately the but greatest so thing that's you ever buy happened. You an ice fishing. rod back then. You bought an open water. I bought an open water rod and then I got an ice rod later. Because we were when we first started, we never built ice rods. I mean, we built some ice rods, but ice rods weren't the big thing. And then, you know, as we got into it, like the year two, we're like, hey, we got to do something during winter too. 
because um, we were building them in our basement and then we went to start going to shows and stuff. But the ice rods were kind of like a year two thing. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it was an open water rod. And Danny, what do you say it was? Uh, I, I was wrong. Your first ice rod was a p- no, 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 power no position. Not, not ice rod, open water rod. It, it was, it was just a six, eight medium fast action. I know I brought it into the shop and Adam looked at it and it was like apex. <laughs> the joke was made like, oh, this should be in like the display case, like the Smithsonian version of tuned up custom rods, like historical showcase because it was so old and but like so hardly used because I don't fish very much. And it's broken now. It's broken. It's broken. <laughs> <laughs> I broke. I broke it. That's terrible, Dan. Yeah, it happened. It's I, it's been a I don't know. It's a labor of love. You know, Dan will, Dan will say that I go through my phases of the year, which is euphoric, insanity, anger, and... It's not just me who says it. No, I think it's everybody. What phase are you in right now? It's kind of the St. Anger Metallica <laughs> theme song. It's it's the, the August... Sh- the, the shop move had to have killed you. I don't... I can't even imagine going through it. The shop move and losing probably one of... I, I won't say the most vital employee, but in the top two um, has been rough this summer. So yeah, it's been, it's been a, it's been a very, don't worry guys. It wasn't me. I'm no. still, I'm still around. No. You said top two. Yeah. Top two. <laughs> not, if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> no, but I mean, we, we had a, we had a, we've had kind of a ugly summer with one of our employees. I mean, he's dealing with some cancer issues uh, and it's been, it's been rough. It's been rough on everybody. And it's weird because we're such a small shop that it actually takes a toll on everyone. Um, we have some new employees that don't see it quite yet, but it's it's a stressor. And and just changing, you know, changing business and, and the whole post-COVID, what is it going to look like? Uh, apparently everyone's still fishing. So it's been good for that part. Yeah. <clears throat> You're Any more brain busters, John? Yeah, that was kind of a, that was a long winded answer i guess but. well it took me 29 episodes to get on here and ask you that question and it's been it's been something that i've actually thought about legitimately since adam told me that tuned up custom rods was starting and yeah it's pretty wild i mean it's not like i've been sitting on it every day thinking when am i gonna get a chance to ask this question but since i'm here and you know and, and people are just like oh you know why do you discontinue the quick tip or why'd you do this and, and some of it's you know the rod's really good right it works great for these all these scenarios but it's not a good um, production based rod. It's, you know, some of them are really hard to produce because of what we did with them. They're kind of on the cusp of what materials can bend like, and they're, they're too stiff for this, or, um, you know, they have a weird, awkward taper. So we try to improve on our models that are already good and then kind of continue the whole path of, you know, what, what a rod, what is the ultimate rod for us? You're evolving your offerings based on what technology changes allow you to do and based yeah. on what the market dictates people's wants to be. Yeah, and I think that once we got to the big diameter blanks, um, that was a big thing for us because that opens up a whole different world as far as in a, you know, being able to grind a certain way. Uh, they're not so limited to that smaller, narrower range, which is usually what people stick in because there's very few manufacturers that love dealing with solid carbon diameters over um an eighth inch so classic manufacturer yeah well because and you and you sit in you know um i will say manufacturers sometimes get comfortable in what they do they they love to sit in this little this box right you can produce what's in the box it's great it's you know it's good revenue stuff's going well but to really evolve and try to push your company further you have to think way outside the box and see i think it's interesting you're talking about it from like a Einstein level, like, I don't know, blank diameter manufacturer capability. And to me, and maybe most people, I don't know, maybe just to me, it's like fishing rods good because it can do this. Not because like, I know the spec on the diameter blank manufacturer capability. Like I would never, ever think about that stuff. I would think about like, is it going to get fish out of the water? And how is it going to do that? Not like and, the how does, and how does it feel? And not the techno- not the technology behind it. But you're you're the what, you're the scientist what? that. That's the difference between the entrepreneur and the customer. Well, and the ability to just have like, I mean, you started tuned up because you knew that there was 
rods that didn't exist and you wanted them to, or you knew that there was rods that existed that weren't doing what they could be doing. And when I heard that tuned up custom rods was starting, I was like, how can that be a thing? Well, and I think the, um, I won't, I'll, I'll pick one of the big manufacturers. They get kind of like, Hey, we you know we got all these rod lineups. We're just going to change the color every year and change it by an inch. And they haven't really done much in the last 10 years. Um, I mean, our open water lineup next year is already starting to evolve and, you know, we have some testers out there and they're pretty spectacular. I mean, the feedback that we've gotten, it's like, wow, you guys did it again. These are pretty revolutionary rods. And I'm like, I'd love to hear that stuff. Of course. Because I want to be on the cusp of an Elon Musk type, you know, company where it's like everyone's real innovative. And, you know, I always tell all employees, it's like we have the Toyota model of anybody can push the stop button. If you see something that is like, what are you doing? Push the stop button. I'll stop everything. I'll shut down for a week to figure it out. And I have this summer. We've shut down a couple of times. Like we've had problems with stuff we had open water we had a huge problem with finishing in open water and um, some brave soul built a new machine for it and wired it up and it works great so i think we should try to find out if elon musk is somebody who likes to fish and see if you can get a tuned up but he's gonna make it all electric or something yeah innovation man you can just steal that just make sure he doesn't get a patent or try to get attached to the patent if he puts something in i don't think he'd like to fish just don't see the guy touching fish too much. Elon? <laughs> yeah. He'd surprise, I'm sure he'd surprise you. Yeah, or he'd be like, he would those, do something crazy and he'd be like, oh. He's all crazy. into like aliens and slimy extraterrestrial stuff. So he's probably down with he's not. He's not actually into aliens, but whatever. He says they don't, they, I mean, he always says they don't exist, right? Yeah. He's like, oh, if I found out aliens existed tomorrow, I'd just be like, okay, well, that's new information. But he doesn't obsess over aliens. I know that. Because just, just Teslas and SpaceX. We'll make sure to forward this episode to him so he can. We should just hash, chime hashtag in him in it. Be yeah. like hashtag Elon Musk. We talked about you in the podcast. Yeah, we'd yeah. like you to chime in on your ideas about fishing. He'd build some kind of reel that you push a button. Well, like, speaking speaking of that, we do have lots of uh, pretty amazing guests lined up for this fall. And um, Elon, if you want, if you want to come, I mean, we could slot him in. Want to come I think we could. Fit I, him you in. know, what? We have, it's it's going to be tight. I mean, I. We'd have to push some people back, but I think they'd accept. Build it. a tube to Minneapolis-St. Paul. Yeah, tube transport in your Tesla. Uh, yeah, I mean it's okay. I'm not sold on Teslas yet, though. They're ma- they're oh. great. They're uh, for okay for my. You think he's gonna come on the podcast now. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm he's gonna to, come on and sell it. Yeah, I I I'm, I can't be sold on a Tesla. So my life could not be brought on a Tesla. Because the way that you much. operate, you couldn't. Your no, wife could. My wife absolutely absolutely she would probably drive a Tesla all the time. Mm-hmm. Plus she would love it because she could just hammer the crap out of a throttle and run into shit. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, I guess that's an option for anyone who has a car. Speaking yeah. of that, I got a um, new product called a Bridget. It's a thing that fixes my curb in my driveway. I can pull my boat in and out of my nasty Andover Coon Rapids curbs and it doesn't destroy my boat trailer. What happens when you back your boat out of your driveway, Dan? So, because like, okay, so like you have a huge dip in your curbs. Mm -hmm. It's like a, well, I've hit my skag before. Weird. You probably have hit your skag before in your driveway. (laughs) Sorry. I'm hitting (laughs) this brand new boat. Yeah. But it it takes that dip of the curb off and makes it nice and smooth. A Bridget. It's amazing. The hell is it? So it's like bridge dash it. Yeah. It's like like the girl's name Bridget. It's B R I. DJ dash IT. I think that's what it is. Is it like one of those yellow and black yeah. like cord things? That well, the cord thing, it, it weighs as much as a couch. But the be, things that they put on like at concerts. So yeah. it like the trolleys can drive over cords. This rubber thing that makes my curb smooth again. And my wife has not bottomed out her front of her car since I got it. Cool. Yep. Because she used to hit our driveway with such force that she would bottom out, smash the, the little air grabber thing. I don't know what it is. It's like the bottom of a Tesla. The ground effects. Yeah. It's totally flat. You can't bottom it out. Gee, good. <laughs> 40 miles an hour. That's why I like the winter and then I just don't shovel the, uh, shovel the bottom. Makes it own little ramp. Make your own little Bridget. Yeah. 
This is why I don't go over to Dan's house in the wintertime. Yeah, that's exactly why. That's the whole reason. I think we should wrap it up, huh? That was a long-winded answer to his question. (coughs) Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. John, do you feel like you learned some stuff? Johnny? Absolutely. But to to take, we took a rod that was an old design, made it a new one, made it four times better. And it's going to be released this year. Soon. And now people want to copy it. I'm not sure what it's going to be called yet. Really? Are you? You weren't last time I talked to you. I put stickers on 100 rods today. So you're sure now? It's got a name? Yep. What do you call it? Can we announce it? The Tuned Up Custom Rod. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> so no. No. We're not announcing it yet. But we knew that we do know that it is a can't even, a redesign. Can't even get an exclusive on his own podcast. <laughs> reason to tune in to the next episode. <laughs> the Tesla. The <laughs> let's wrap it up the elon musk model it's been good to be back in the studio john thank god we're back in the studio johnny thanks for being here with us thanks for having me jason congratulations on your win i just sent you a message on facebook so you should get that code and appreciate you being a listener um oh were we gonna do something about the open water rods yes that's what we said i'm sorry whoa slow the music down Open, so we've got the Ooh. open water rods that we this just... This is the people that actually listen to the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, if you, if you listen to the to the bumper at the end, the uh, the new open water rods that are on the website, the stock rods, if you buy an open water stock rod, or I guess any open water rod, and you put in the, the message section, Iceman will throw some swag in the box for you. Perfect. Ooh. Yeah. S- swag. Some swag. So those of you who are still here and who want to buy an open water rod... Type Iceman in the I'm message section. Fold up my T-shirt that I just have on and put it in the box. We, yeah, we all each added an article of clothing to the box. <laughs> I don't want this anymore. There's a sock in my box. <laughs> all right, thanks again, guys. We'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>